Hey, everybody. Hello. Welcome to another episode of the Deep End with Ed podcast. The the deep end. The deep end. With Ed Robinson. The deep end. Yes, we're in season number three where our theme the is leadership from the inside out. That is, leaders who are making a difference right where they are. On this episode, I am going to introduce you to someone who is making a difference in corporate America, nonprofit organizations, as well as in academia as it relates to leadership. But before I introduce you to my special guest, I want to give you a lifeguard tower moment. Again, that is something that we do for someone else. So this week, I want you to give some flowers to a teacher, whether it's an elementary school teacher, preschool teacher, middle school, high school, college professor, Give, give them their flowers, give them something uh, to let them know that uh, you appreciate them because they are the unsung heroes and sheroes and they go over and beyond making a difference in the lives of men, women, boys, and girls. So at this time, I'd like to introduce you to my in-studio guest. Her name is uh, Sherry Betts. Sherry is a executive leadership coach. She's also an organizational uh, development professional and she is the author of a book titled The ABCs of Self-Care. Hey, Sherry, welcome. Welcome to the Deep End with Ed podcast. Thank you, Ed. I appreciate you having me today. Well, you know, I'm, I'm so happy to have you. I mean, I think about your background. I think about all of the preparations and the things you've done in your book. I think that this is a very timely uh, podcast that we're going to talk about this particular episode. We were talking about in season three. This is, is leadership. And uh, in, in from the inside out, but in particular, uh, we're looking at leaders in different spheres of influence, and you happen to be one of those. So, Sherry, thanks again for stopping by. Tell us a little bit about your family background, your family life. Who's Sherry Best? <laughs> well, um, well, I grew up in St. Louis, uh, Missouri, um, and I'm one of. You met when the round moved to LA. I was, I was not a fan. <laughs> I was not a fan then. <laughs> um, I grew up in St. Louis, but I moved to Los Angeles um, right after college. So, um, so I consider LA home. Okay. Uh, but I have uh, five five sisters, so there's six of us, and no, bro- um, no brothers. No brothers. No, only the ones that I've adopted <laughs> okay. along where, the way. Where do you fall in the scheme of things? I'm the second oldest of the six. Okay. So you have, you're, you have the leadership where you're born with it. Yes, exactly. And then I know at one time you were an adjunct professor at John Hopkins University. Tell us about that experience. So, um, so yes, I was a part of a six, five or six, there were six of us who were professors in the MBA fellows program, which was a project-based MBA program that was very innovative um, in that it was um, all of the assign- assignments were project-based work. And we had uh, a cohort of individuals who spent time on campus and then they spent time virtually. Okay. And uh, it was all, um, all project work, working with groups and they worked with a lot of different groups. So they kept switching groups. So it was a great experience for the students to get to know different people and, and to network and to learn from their peers. Okay. 
And then I know also you're a certified, uh, not only certified coach, but you're a certified uh, CPA. Yes. Well, I actually, I'm a retired CPA. <laughs> yes. Yes. I, I, I have an undergraduate degree in accounting and uh, the natural next step would have been to uh, work for a public accounting firm, which I did. Uh-huh. And I, I passed the CPA exam right out of college um, and I passed it on the first sitting, which was pretty, uh, pretty special. And uh, I, because I passed the CPA exam so fast, even though I didn't like accounting, I stayed another two and a half years to get certified. Okay. And almost uh, right after I, I got certified, I retired. <laughs> I went into sales. <laughs> So, Sherry, what would you say to young people, in particular young ladies who may consider a career, finance, accounting, those type of things, what would you say to them? Well, uh, I'll say what, what was said to me that talked me into staying in accounting, even though I didn't think it was the career choice for me. But someone said, you'll always find a job. <laughs> That's... Um, it, it's a great career and a great foundation um, because accounting is the language of business. And so you learn a lot about business having to account for the transactions of business. Yeah. And so I think it's a great foundation for anyone interested in, in business, a career in, in accounting. Okay. Finance and, is a little different. I don't know as much about finance. Okay. Uh, you wear so many different hats. So you are a certified executive coach. For someone who may not understand it, what, what's, what's, uh, what is that field about? So what we do in leadership um, and executive coaching is we help leaders uh, improve from where they are now to where they want to be. So they have an, a vision of how they want their leadership style or behaviors to be or who they want to be as a leader. They have that vision in mind, but sometimes there are gaps between where they are now and where they want to be or need to be as a leader in a, in an organization. So as coaches, we help individuals fill in that gap and discuss ways that they can improve or, or maybe use their strengths in order to, to go to that next level or to achieve the goals that they want to achieve. Sure. Do you have a, do you have a particular niche or as relates to executive coaching? I know that's a niche itself. But is there like a subset of that or any executive C-suites, middle management, vice presidents, et cetera, et cetera? Yes, my sweet spot is middle managers and and VP levels. Um, I have I've coached um, the C-suite, but I like working with people who are who have a place to go upwards um, because I help them advance in their careers and achieve new skills so that they can. Um, move up. Once you're in the C-suite, there's not much room for growth, as much growth. And uh, so I, I like to work with mid-level, mid-level um, more senior executive, senior okay. executives, but not necessarily the C-suite. But okay. I've, I've helped lots of individuals at all levels. Excellent. Excellent. Before we jump- and of course, okay. I'm sorry. I was going to say, and of course, self-care is, 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 um, is, is a specialty, but in leadership coaching, you, you get all kinds of, of individuals. Um, I like working with women, uh, of course, uh, and women of color to help them uh, succeed in their careers or advance in their careers. Uh, so I would say my, uh, my niche is 
uh, self-care and women in leadership. Okay. Now, Sherry, you've done a lot of things. I mean, we, we talked about executive coaching, organizational development professional. You're an adjunct professor, a young retired CPA and executive coach. What made you go into the field of coaching? Well, I started my career in job transition coaching. So I, I was working for an outplacement firm who were helping executives who were leaving their company or were laid off uh, get uh, a new job, whether it's uh, an entrepreneurial position, they were interested in starting their business or they were looking for another job in corporate America. So I was their transition coach and I, I helped them in uh, by doing helping them with assessments, uh, figuring out how to improve their resume, focusing on their accomplishments, and then um, I became their, their, their advice giver about the job search process. And so that's how I got started. And then eventually I started working with more leaders and doing more leadership coaching. That was a natural progression transition to what you're doing. Exactly, it was. Okay. So tell us the genesis behind the book, The ABCs of Self-Care. Well, the, the ABCs of self-care is a comprehensive book um, that can be read a little bit at a time, taking tw the 26 letters of the alphabet and helping people to understand how uh, self-care can be applied in their life to develop a self-care lifestyle and a self-care mindset. Because Ed, what I found is that a lot of people think of self-care as pampering. And so they feel like they have, okay, I've done, I've done a facial, got my nails done, I've got a massage, um, I've played golf, I'm, um, I'm good, I've done my self-care. Well, self-care, there are six dimensions to self-care, mental, physical, emotional, spiritual, practical, and social. So there's six different dimensions. And what I've done with the 26 letters of the alphabet is just to help people understand in, within those six dimensions ways that they can improve their self-care. Okay. And I define self-care as making wise choices consistently to improve your and to protect your well-being and your happiness. And so that's way more than pampering. Yes, it's, it's about protecting your health and well-being. Okay, I like that. Consistent, wise choices to improve your well-being and your to improve and protect. protect. Protect is a really key word. Protect your well-being and happiness. Okay, so I know there's 26 letters in the alphabet, but I just want to kind of pick out a, a, a few of them. So tell sure. us what does the A, the B, or the C stand for? Okay, sure. Letter A is act on awareness and acceptance. Okay. So first, have self-awareness. Be aware of what's happening for you, what you might need at a particular moment, what is going on for you. Be aware of that. And then accept that wherever you are is where you are. So you might not feel good about, oh, hey, I'm angry right now. Right. But hey, um, accept it as is and have compassion for yourself that it is what it is. Mm. And then take that awareness and that, acceptance and act on it so okay. the power is in the action okay and being able to see where you are and then be okay with it 
and then take action. Um, and that might mean take, it might mean play golf. It might mean get a massage, but it might also mean that you need to have a conversation with someone uh, or it might mean you need to ask for help on a project. Uh, so there's a lot of things, a lot of different ways you can act on that awareness. So that's letter A. Before you go to the B, I, I, I've been around people, as I'm sure you have in your profession, individuals who either low self-esteem, no self-esteem, uh, addiction or whatever. And the individuals I find, Sherry, who have been successful are those exactly what you just said. They act up on, 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 they accepted whatever it was that they were dealing with. In other words, they took responsibility. So I like yes. to act on awareness. What's the B? The B is build boundaries. Okay. Ooh. <laughs> so, so boundaries um, uh, can look um, different ways. It could be that instead of scheduling one hour meetings, you schedule 45 minute meetings so that you have time in between meetings. Uh, it might mean uh, taking breaks, more breaks during the day. Uh, it might mean ending a relationship that is toxic and is not in your best interest. So boundaries look uh, uh, different ways based on the person uh, and what they're experiencing. So, it, But it's really important to, to build boundaries, and that's part of the protection um, of, of yourself. Another boundary is being able to say no more. And so even though there's a chapter, you know, is your new yes, boundaries still include being able to say no more. I was laughing at the onset when you said build boundaries, because that was one of the challenges that I had. Not summarily that I was a yes man, but it was just hard for me to say no to people. And all right, we can do this. We can do it next year. You know, you stressed out and stressed yes. out. So Exactly, exactly. And, and, you know, we, we, I'm a recovering people pleaser. um, Ed. So um, keep in mind, I read, I wrote the book that I needed to read. Because I had trouble building boundaries, I had trouble uh, acting on awareness and acceptance. Um, And sometimes I had trouble choosing wisely, which is letter C. Okay. Uh, And choosing wisely means thinking about what it is that you need to do for yourself that is in your best interest mm-hmm. and that the decision won't impact you negatively. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you have to make wise choices and that might mean who you spend time with. It might mean what job you take. It might mean how, how much education you, you get. Um, and it might mean, uh, asking um, to not take on a project okay. or delaying a project. Mm-hmm. So choosing wisely is, is, um, is really important. Yeah. And that's important to folks to know that, uh, especially those that are listening or watching this, to know that you have choices, but as Sherry said, to do it wisely instead of just randomly. Yes. Yes. And also too, Ed, you, you say you talked about responsibility early, earlier, um, and and somehow, if if you don't go down the victim bill track, <laughs> um, if you don't get on that train, then you are making choices every day for your life. You're responsible for the choices that you make, and there's consequences to the choices that you make. So you have to decide: can I accept that con- consequence? Otherwise, make a different choice. So 
uh, it's really important to take responsibility and, and not feel like you're a victim to your circumstance. You're making the choices, whether you realize it, it or not, you're making the choices. Even if you don't decide, you're making the choice. That's true. Wow. Thank you for that. Now, I know you're not a psychologist, a psychologist or a psychiatrist, but you're in the swim lane as it relates to self-care. What have you found, Sherry, to be some, some of the root causes that percolates below uh, us human beings that cause us to not do self-care? Yes, there are, are, are so many. And, and I want to say that even though I'm not a psychologist, what I did was I had psychologists review the book so that I would not be steering anyone in the wrong direction um, because I am an armchair psychologist. <laughs> um, I, so I have my armchair degree, but that's it. Um, but I've read a lot of uh, self-help books and I've done a lot of work on myself. I've gotten um, therapy and coaching and hypnotherapy. I've done a lot of work to, um, to feel like I'm happy, healthy and at peace. And so I, when I, when I say that it's really important uh, to make, make the, make choices and to, to have self-care, a lot of the, the background stuff that happens is negative programming from our, our past. Um, And, you know, a psychologist will tell you that most of the time, only 12% of our conscious mind is ruling our lives. 88% is being ruled by our subconscious mind, which somehow formed when we were children. Mm -hmm. So a lot of our lack of, of willingness to take care of ourselves is in somehow when we were younger, we weren't taught to be that we were worthy, that we were enough that we deserve to be taken care of. So a lot of the messages that we get from childhood could be running amok and helping us to stay and, and not be um, as committed to self-care. So but there's also some before you go, oh, I'm sorry. Ask a, negative tapes over and over and over to 88%. Okay. Yes, those negative, those, um, that negative self-talk is coming from our subconscious mind. And so our brain can only hold one thought at a time. So we have to really train our brain to immediately turn negative thoughts into positive and to focus on what we want and not what we don't want. And so it it really is um, making sure that you are aware, again, that this is happening for you. You're running the tape or you you there's something that you haven't uh, forgiven yourself in the past. And that could be um, for could be an issue. I had a client who had um, a a, um, a baby young young as a young uh, teenager, and she was beating herself up about having a young child. She raised this beautiful adult, you know, really um, phenomenal individual, and yet she was still beating herself up for having a baby when she was younger. And the, she, she finally gave herself permission to take care of herself. And it was such a great uh, wonder to see that aha moment to say, hey, I, I deserve to be taken care of and I'm going to do it. I'm going to become my own best friend. So and I'm sure that some of those feelings that she must have been experiencing during all the time 
probably were coming from folks within her influence, sphere of influence, telling her, were you too young and you had a baby out of wedlock? And- yes, yes, exactly. It was, it, was, it was all those negative tapes that she was listening to instead of a letter I internally validating. She wasn't an internally validating herself. She was get, getting external messages. Gotcha. Um, so sometimes we have to forgive ourselves fast um, to be able to, to, to do that. Uh, one other thing that I wanted to mention too that was, is really interesting is a lot of people, uh, when I did a survey about the importance of self-care, they said self-care was important, but they didn't have time for it. <laughs> and I said, okay. yeah, right? Um, so uh, what, I, what I, I, I try to help people to understand is self-care is preventive maintenance. It helps you develop your stress resiliency. It helps you to improve the quality of your life. It helps you to have more happiness and health and, and peace of mind. But it also is a way for you to be thinking so that you can improve the quality of your life. So you, it's not something that you can optionally decide to do. It's something you need to do. It's an essential life skill. And thankfully, it can be taught. And what I've tried to do was to educate people about different ways to develop self-care and improve the quality of their lives. Excellent. You know, when you said preventive maintenance, I thought about that commercial. I don't know if it was Miney Key or someone had a commercial that said you could pay it now or you can pay us later. Exactly. Exactly. And I, I say this is one of my favorite uh, quotes, that if you don't take time for rest, you'll take time for illness. Mm, And so that's why self-care is preventive maintenance because rest is important to that. Say that again. I like that. If you don't take time for rest, you'll take time for illness. Okay. Wow. Very powerful. And so I've been, I've been digging up some things on you, some good things and whatever. So I know there's a couple other letters that are important to you and I wrote them down. So E F H, I, and K, as we're talking about self-cares. What are those, what do those letters stand for? Those letters stand for uh, embrace enoughness. So re- realize that we were born enough. We were born worthy. We don't have to earn it. We, were, we are born worthy. And so embrace enoughness is, is that chapter is all about making sure that you understand that you don't have to earn the, the, the worthiness from other people or from external validation, knowing that you're enough and building the confidence and, uh, and self-esteem that I am good enough and believing that. And until you, sometimes until you know it, you have to say affirmations or do other things to prove it, but you are enough. Um, so embracing enoughness is, is really important. Uh, forgiving Uh, forgive fast. So I say women and people of color probably have the most um, bad behavior from other people. They get bad behavior from other people, whether it be sexism, racism, microaggressions, unconscious bias, and you have to forgive people. You know, people are doing the best that they can. It might not be the best we'd like, but they're doing the best they can. And so we have to learn how to forgive uh, those, uh, those bad behaviors of other people and be able to move on. Mm-hmm. So the letter F 
is is about forgiving and forgiving yourself sometimes is part of self-care. Sometimes we have to forgive ourselves before we can forgive someone else. But letter F is about forgiving fast and yeah. off. And as you know, uh, Sherry, let's just face let's just face the facts. Value as my father-in-law used to say, that's a very tough one. That's a very difficult one because someone once described me to me that the lack of forgiveness is almost like having a metaphoric um, a potato sack on your back, on your back, and every time you fail to forgive. You just add another one, and it really weighs you down. Yes. I like yes. To forgive others and then forgive yourself too. So, yes. Okay. Yes. And sometimes you have to forgive yourself first, because, mm -hmm. uh, like the young lady I mentioned, she had to forgive herself for uh, what she what what happened, um, and so, and then you know it's easier to forgive other people when you can forgive yourself. And I find that that's that is sometimes why people can't move on and forgive because they haven't forgiven themselves. Mm -hmm. And, and so it's hard to forgive other people if you haven't forgiven yourself. Okay. Makes a lot of sense to me. Okay. And you have the H I believe. Yes. So I believe letter H is sort of the umbrella for all of self care okay. and it's half healthy self advocacy, okay. half healthy self advocacy self-advocacy. So if you are advocating for yourself and balancing the needs and wants that others want of you and the needs and wants you have, if you're balancing that, that's healthy self-advocacy. Now the extremes are not good. So if you are have so if you're keeping your best interest at heart and to an extreme, then you're being selfish. So that's that's an extreme. The other extreme is being selfless, like you described always saying yes, always being there for everybody. That's selfless. Okay. So you, you want something in between okay. and that's the balance and, and having healthy self-advocacy. Okay. Okay. So I believe that that's kind of an art overarching theme in the book, because if you're willing to, to consider your own best interest and take care of yourself as well as, or even better than you do other people, then you're demonstrating healthy self-advocacy. Now, if, if, if your life is all about pleasing everybody, making sure everybody else is taken care of, then um, that's when you get into some of these toxic behaviors and you get into not being rested enough or being happy or healthy or at peace on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. And then you need more self-care. Okay. Wow, powerful, powerful stuff. How about the, uh, the I? So the I is internally validate. Okay. So internal validation as opposed to getting external validation. Okay. And in order to internally validate, you have to have confidence in yourself, in your abilities. And sometimes you have to build that confidence uh, in, in, in order to, um, to be able to internally validate. Okay. But we live in a world of social media and, and it's kind of turned us into uh, living for the likes, I call it. <laughs> living for yeah. the the uh, hearts that people add to our social media pages, and you know, I've heard people say, "God, they, you know, they only liked. I only got five likes on this picture. I don't understand. Like, what the heck? Right. Why do you need a like in order to feel like you, you know that that you are worthy?" Mm. 
And so the external uh, a folk, it, it's okay to want likes, but to have it be something that you focus on or that it's important, you know, too important, you can't count on it. And if you, so if you live your life waiting for external validation, waiting for people to tell you you're wonderful or telling you that you are a good person, if you wait for that, you might not ever get it. So you've got to, as I said, be your own best friend and internally validate. And if you're not confident about your, your abilities, Put more time into doing that. Put time into building self-esteem and and do the work so that you can actually um, have um, ha have the ability to internally validate. When you were explaining it so aptly and clearly explaining it, uh, Sherry, there were two things came to my mind. So uh, I'm a movie buff. So going back to, I guess it was 79, 80 or so, maybe you weren't born at that time. But I the, wasn't. The movie <laughs> With uh, The Wiz, with Donna Ross, the late Michael, yes. Nipsey Russell, et cetera, et cetera. And there was a line in there where Lena Horne was singing, and I'm certainly not going to try to sing, but she was talking about home. She says, home, home is not a place where you eat or sleep. Home is knowing your heart, knowing your heart and knowing your mind, knowing your courage. If you know yourself, then you're always home anywhere. And I was a teenager back then, and I'll never forget that. And I just said it to myself all the time. So that's one yes. thing. And then coming that's a great song. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then coming into the 21st century, I saw, I was talking to a friend of mine and I, I stole it from her. I was talking to her one day and on the back of her, on, or hanging on her refrigerator, it says, don't believe everything you think. And I'm like, yes, that's powerful. So I just wrote it down and I keep saying to myself, assume good intentions. Don't believe everything you think. It's not as bad yes. as it may seem. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. The news would like to tell you otherwise, because, you know, they, they focus on the bad news, but um, one one of the things that I I um, remind people too is that we are as human beings have a negativity bias. That's just who we who we are as human beings. So we have to really work harder at changing those negative thoughts into positive ones. And that's why some people use affirmations, or but just being aware that you're having a negative thought and switch that around. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, and finding a phrase or something that, or focus on something more positive or something in the future. Yes. Uh, so I, I think that it's really important to, um, to keep in mind that, you know, you want to, uh, avoid that negativity bias and retrain your brain. But I want to tell you about another song that is, is also more recent, uh, is this is me, the, the, uh, theme from the greatest showman. Yeah, yeah, okay. And so in the book, um, I wanted people to reflect and, and there's an opportunity for them to reflect in, in the book and answer questions that I've asked as a coach would ask them. They are able to coach themselves. Yeah. And I put in, I, I suggest a song for each chapter ah. so that, that it will sort of, you know, get them in the mood to reflect. And also too, if you're having, a tr uh, having trouble with maybe internally validating, you can play the song, This Is Me uh, by Kayla Settles. And that might help, you know, you know, spur you on to, um, to feeling a little better about yourself. So I, I have a playlist for the all tw 26 letters okay. so that people can, um, can use song if they don't want to reflect and journal, they can use song to uh, help them with any letter in the alphabet. Okay, I love it, I love it. Hey, so in your opinion, thank you very much for, I mean, just making it real plain. 
uh, relative to what those unique letters stood for, the ABC self-care. What, what, in your opinion, when do you think a person needs self-care? Well, if you are not experienced, experiencing happiness, health, or peace of mind on a regular basis, on a consistent basis, not every day, you know, that's not going to, that's not going to happen. But if you're not experiencing those three things on a regular basis, then odds are you need more self-care. Okay. So, so how has the pandemic impacted your coaching business up, down, or are you seeing an uptick in people who need, you know, your services or how would you describe that? Yes, I've seen an uptick, um, especially because coaching, it's, it's more now the norm that coaching will be done uh, virtually mm-hmm. as opposed to in person. Okay. And so I think um, coaching has definitely expanded. And also there are companies uh, internationally and locally who are interested in making sure that coaching is available to everyone. And so that's normalized coaching uh, quite a bit. And so I would say definitely there has been more of a need for coaching. But I also want to emphasize, too, that even before the pandemic, there was a global pandemic that was uh, uh, related to mental health. And so Gallup has said that uh, people who were angry, sad, worried, anxious. They were, that was, that has been on the increase way before the pandemic hit. And this is globally. And so we have a mental health uh, pandemic and we're starting to see it more with younger people, uh, with people like Chelsea Chris, who committed suicide and Ian Alexander, who um, committed suicide, Regina King's son. And these young people are acting like they have it all together and, and uh, online, they're giving the image, but really they're suffering in silence. And so we, we have a mental health pandemic. And I just want to encourage um, anyone who is experiencing any uh, lack of happiness or health or peace of mind on a regular basis to get professional help. Of course, my book will help. But I say in the book all throughout, I, I believe in, in, in getting um, help from a therapist from a coach, from uh, a hypnotherapist, um, anyone who can help you to improve your mental health, because it really makes a difference in the quality of your life. And you know, that's a, that's a very good uh, transition to say, when you were talking about the young people, I have a couple of articles here on my desk, and one of them, I don't know if you've heard about this young lady, uh, Katie Meyer. Katie Meyer was the, um, she was the captain of the Stanford Women Stanford University women's soccer team. And oh. a few weeks ago, she committed suicide. She oh my goodness. 20, she was on the 2019 National Collegiate Athletic Championship team. And then there were two other students that died by suicide connected to Stanford. And then one died, you know, just totally separate. So you look at that. And then I was looking at this article. This one has to do with uh Naomi Osaka, you know, mm-hmm. Osaka has come out and talked about her challenges with uh, mental well-being and things of that nature. Simone Biles in the latest uh, Olympic Games. And then you got the, you know, world-renowned swimmer, Michael Phelps. 
And I have to say, uh, Sheree, I am glad that they have come out to talk about those things because it makes it kind of like more open and towards your end, as you were saying earlier, if anyone, whatever your age is, and you feel like you're in a situation, seek out, cry out, you know, it's okay to reach out to talk to someone. Yes. And, you know, social media has sometimes made us feel like we have friends um, and I call them uh, some in some cases I'm friends on Facebook with real friends and other times they're just, you know, associates or acquaintances or people I don't even know. And so you can develop a relationship, but it's not the same as having a relationship, somebody you can talk to. And sometimes you do need professional help. And I'm so glad that uh, the uh, some of these more uh, celebrities and people uh, who have uh, the public eye are making it more normal for people to to uh, to express that they're having some mental health challenges. And I put in the the example in the book of, of Simone Biles. What she did was she protected her mental, physical, and emotional health. That is a great example of, of self-care. And I think it's really phenomenal that so many other athletes and other celebrities are coming out about that. And I think I read um, that the second highest number reason for teen death is suicide. And one of the, one of the things that I want to do as I educate more people about the importance of self-care is I want younger people to realize these concepts earlier. Um, Cause I learned them, you know, I, uh, I'm a little seasoned. <laughs> I don't like to say older, I'm a little seasoned. <laughs> and so I learned, it took me a while to learn these, these concepts. And so I want young people to learn them and learn them without getting the, learning the lesson the hard way. And you know, and I, thank you, Sherry. Sherry, one of the other things that I see, an area that I came out of uh, for 11 years is, is the ministry or the faith-based communities. And I know in uh, many of the churches, it's almost, there was a time, at least when I was coming up, it was taboo to talk about mental wellness, uh, men mental illness, that is, or talk about depression, talk about suicide and those things. But they're happening all around us and people are coming in to ministries with their hurts, their habits and all of their hangups. And yes. So I see that some churches are starting to pivot and to even talk about it. So that's encouraging too. Yes. Yes. Cause sometimes, and I, and I believe in, 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 uh, you know, uh, chapter S is about spiritual practices, whatever God, you know, whatever you believe in God, the universe, whatever, I think it's really important to have spiritual practices as part of your self-care. And I also believe that sometimes you need clinical help and, and you're a man of, of God, you are a pastor, but you don't have clinical background. So you, you some, in some cases, your practitioner, your parishioners needed uh, more, more help from someone professionally, um, someone who could, help them work through maybe some of those subconscious issues that are playing in their mind that that's affecting their negative self-talk that tells them that it's not worth living. So I think it's real important that you, you get help from a, a lot of different uh, facets. In fact, I say a key component of self-care is asking for help, whether that means ask for, for help on a project, 
whether it means to ask for help from a mental professional, from a uh, psychological professional, or if it's helping, uh, if it's you're a student and you need help in getting good grades, get a tutor. Asking for help is a really important part of self-care. Thank you. And you know, I, I, when I was enrolled as a pastor <coughs> on my phone, I have like a referral list. And there were times when I knew, in the words of former President uh, Barack Obama, when things were above my pay grade, I knew, okay, let me call this person and the person be open <coughs> to the psychiatrist, a psych, psychologist, a therapist, et cetera, et cetera. So yes. thank you for that reminder. What are some basic tips? Are there just a few tips that you can give to our listening or viewing audience relative to just practicing self-care? What are some things they can do, whether it's centering, yoga, or whatever? Yes. Well, I say one of the, the best things you can do is develop a morning uh, and evening routine. A morning routine so that you start your day well, uh, whether it be meditation or just deep breathing or listening to music, dancing, um, whatever brings you joy. Um, might be reading. You might want to read the Bible. If you read the Bible, um, start your day and frame your day uh, so that it starts out on a good foot. So I'd say uh, developing a morning routine is, is really helpful. And um, I want to say a little thing about meditation. Meditation is so powerful because it changes your brain over time. And, and you don't have to, um, to do anything fancy. You just have to focus on your breath. That's all meditation is, is focusing on your breath. And you can do it for a minute at a time or five minutes at a time. Um, so that I recommend to do morning and night. In the evening, you want to be careful about how you're protecting your sleep. So you want to make sure that you're not staying, staying up too late, uh, watching TV. The blue screen keeps you uh, awake longer. And, and, and impacts your sleep. You wanna make sure you don't have caffeine too late. Uh, you wanna make sure that you are have a, a, a tranquil surrounding in your bedroom so that you can sleep soundly. And so uh, protecting your sleep uh, and, and developing an evening routine, I think is, is really important. I think um, taking breaks, taking breaks throughout the day when you, your mind starts to wander or you start reading the same thing three times and you still don't get it, that's time your brain needs a break or your body needs a break. They say sitting is the new smoking because we're sitting at our desk too much and it's, we're not getting enough exercise. So you need to get up, move around and um, do things like uh, there's a yoga pose that you can do sitting in your, in your seat. I learned this in, in a class. You can just do this yoga pose and it helps you to uh, move, uh, get get the, the juices flowing in in your body, and so um, so so move around. Um, and then something else is really important is find an accountability partner. Find someone who is willing to help. Say, hey, have you done this? Or are you doing this? And if if you read the book together, it's a great way to learn the concepts and then practice them, and then having someone hold you accountable. So you could, you know, ask your accountability partner, hey, how are you doing in building boundaries? I'd say families work together, you know, couples work together with the book to to learn their the the, the concepts and to to in integrate self-care into their life and support each other and support each other's self-care. And so I think those are, are, are really important tips. 
for for the um, for self care. And then one, my last one would be the three R's: rituals, reminders, and repetition. And develop sure rituals, mm-hmm. reminders, and repetition. So develop rituals like I talked about a morning and and evening routine. Mm-hmm. Though you might also develop a ritual that um, if you're ha- if you've had a really stressful day, I love to dance. So I'll play a song, get me going, get my my juices going. Sometimes I stretch using songs. And so you develop whatever rituals work for you, what, what, uh, what makes you happy. And then also do reminders. I set alarms in my phone constantly to remind me, uh, for example, um, to make a, an important doctor's appointment or a reminder to join the, an exercise class. Those reminders help me make sh- keep me on target to make sure that I'm doing self-care on a regular basis. And then finally, just practice, just just do it more. And even if you don't do a lot, just start by doing something small and forgive yourself for not doing more. Just do the best you can. Self-care is more of an art than it is a science because we've got to figure out what's working for us. And that's when AAA comes into effect, act on awareness. So be aware of what it is that you need and make sure that you're giving yourself what you need um, and sometimes more of your wants um, and that will help with your self-care. Excellent, sister. Thank you very much for that. So as we get ready to land the plane, I just want to do a little bit of lightning round, <laughs> this or that. So sure. would you prefer uh, mediating or meditation? Meditation for sure. Okay. A ebook or a physical book i like the physical book i'm very visual so i like reading physical physical books all right counseling or coaching coaching for sure uh a call or a text definitely prefer a call but i love texting too because <laughs> it's quick and easy to get a message across but i i'm missing <clears throat> excuse me i'm missing um the personal connection from a phone call i'm missing that because Texting has become a way of life. All right, now this last one is old school. Old school ledger, write things down, or automation? I do both. I, I, I actually have a physical calendar and I have a phone calendar and lots of notes in my phone. In fact, this book started as notes in my phone. <laughs> All right. Well, Sherry Betts, I thank you very much for taking the time to uh, share this wonderful information first of all letting us know who you are and then your your amazing book the abcs of self-care so i know my listening audience as well as the viewing audience want to know how to get in contact with you and if so how do they do so sure um so i am at i have a website www.abcsofselfcare love for you to connect with me there leave your emails so that I can contact you. And I promise you, I will not send you a lot of emails. <laughs> I, I wanna say that uh, it would definitely be to educate you or to inform you about an event I'm having. So uh, go to the website and there's also resources there. There's also a questionnaire that you can take to help you prioritize the letters. If you're trying to figure out where to get started, there is a questionnaire on my website and in the book 
that will help you to prioritize the letters. And then I'm also on Instagram at um, ABCs of Self-Care. Okay. So Sherry, thank you very much for, again, sharing this insightful, helpful, inspiring information. And we wish you nothing but the very best in all of your future endeavors. Thank you so much, Ed. I really appreciate you having me uh, on today. And I love talking to your audience. And I'm grateful to have this opportunity. Thank you. You're welcome. And one final thing before we let Sherry go, I just want to encourage anyone, as Sherry said, if you're feeling suicidal or you know, you're challenged with something, you can call 911 immediately, or you can also call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. Their number is a toll-free number, 800-273. The letters TALK, T-A-L-K, or 8255. And we'll post that at the end of this uh, episode. Let me give you my coachable moment. So the coachable moment is, again, something that you do for yourself. So I want you to take the time to build up members of your team, whether it's on your sports team, whether it's on your work team, your family team, your ministry team, or whoever is in your sphere of influence. I want you to take the time to build them up, to show them that you appreciate them, that you value them that you want nothing but the best for them. So take the time to do so. So again, as always, I thank each and every one of you for tuning in. Again, thanks Sherry Betts for sharing that profound information that she shared with us relative to self-care. And a special thanks to Nicole Robinson who directs and produced uh, the Deep In With Ed podcast. Please subscribe to our podcast on Instagram and Facebook at Deep In With Ed. And keep in mind that the Deep In with Ed podcast is a Beyond the Mask Conversation Productions. 